Hello, everyone, and welcome to War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast, coming to you as always from deep within the Outer Rim, far beyond the watchful eyes of the Galactic Empire. My name is John Mark Tolly, and joining me today is the one, once again, the one, the only, Mr. Darth Tuba himself, Will. Will, how are you, how are you today, man? Great, John. Bright suns, everybody. How is everybody doing today? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good, actually. Pretty, I have to say. Uh, so, yeah, we are back once again. And now I know before we get started on our finishing up part two of Last Jedi, I know, Will, you have some Star Wars news that you wanted to talk about. Absolutely. Thanks, John. I was very excited today when... Disney gave us all a big surprise with a huge uh, announcement, uh, details relating to the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser, Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser Adventure, which is essentially the Star Wars Hotel, which included uh, kind of an itinerary, along with, uh, which what of course everybody was waiting with bated breath, the uh, pricing. So you can find all this information on uh, the, the Disney website, and there's a lot of other, um, you know, Disney and Star Wars sites that have uh, put some highlights about it. I'm just going to do a couple of quick bullet points. Essentially, they, for those who did not realize, that in addition to Galaxy's Edge uh, in the the Planet of Batu, Black Spire Outpost that they built in Disney's Hollywood Studios, and this is in Florida only. This is in the Florida theme park only. Uh, in addition to that, they also built a hotel, or a, a, an essentially a Star Wars-themed hotel. Now, but Disney's trying something very unique and very different, and essentially they have not created a hotel, but instead they've created a Star Cruiser. They've created essentially what is going to be like a cruising experience. If you've ever been on any kind of a cruise, whether it be Disney or otherwise, um, it is going to be more akin to that. So essentially, here is how you know how it works. There are going to be characters, and droids, and creatures, and all sorts of theming. If you thought the theming in Galaxy's Edge was incredible, this takes this up to uh, you know tenfold, a hundredfold. And essentially, they've released an, a, a sample itinerary. It's going to be a two-day event, two days and two nights. And essentially, uh, the way it works is. You arrive at the terminal like you would go anywhere else on vacation, but then you get a, a launch pod to a, the Star Cruiser, which, you know, in story, it's a launch pod that's going to take you up into the, you know, you're leaving Florida and you're going up to uh, this actual planet uh, or not planetary orbit Star Cruiser. In reality, what it's doing is you're going on a, on a, on a tour bus that is taking you with, with a, digital window similar to the Harry Potter Hogwarts train in Universal and taking you into the Star Cruiser. There's ship orientation, light refreshments, Sabak lessons, uh, captain's reception, dinner featuring some live music and entertainment, an outer rim regalia, and then a what they call it what they're calling an unexpected story moments, which could be many things, but for example, prove your metal but to join an elite smuggling ring, hide a stowaway to help the resistance, that kind of a thing. Then some bridge training and a special atrium entertainment. That's all the first day. Then you go to your quarters, and the next day you have breakfast, and then you have a transport shuttle to Batu, and you spend time on the planet of Batu and Disney's Hollywood Studios. 
and you get to go on Rise of the Resistance. And I'm pretty sure that you do not have to go through the whole boarding group fiasco that, that goes on with that. You are automatically on there on the Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run later. Other unexpected story moments come your way, such as maybe brokering a deal for a heist or arranging to steal a ship from the First Order. And then later you have lunch at Docking Bay 7, transport shuttle to Star Cruiser, lightsaber training back on the cruiser, droid racing, uh, another Sabacc tournament, cocktails at the Sublight Lounge, taste around the galaxy dinner, and some more story moments and a spectacular finale taking place that evening. And then the next morning you have breakfast on day three, and then you have the launch pod to the terminal. So that's that's a pretty intense uh, couple of days. Um, yeah. And and it's it's uh, and they did. There's been some Imagineers that have been doing videos and they've been saying that you can participate as much as you want or as little as you want. You can just be an observer taking it all in, or you can be full out dress up in your own costume and. And basically, what they call what they call LARPing, just do an mm -hmm. incredible kind of thing, and that's uh, it's it's nice. I was feeling a little better about that aspect, um, but the big news was the rates, and essentially, the rates are essentially, and this is like the this is what they what do they call it? The you know the starting, this is the the prices yeah. start at this. These are for weeknight, for most weeknights, and they are, uh, you know, obviously during more intense, you know, holiday weekends and holiday weeks are going to be more expensive. But you have um, two guests per cabin. Right. Two adult guests will be roughly $4,800 for the voyage total. And that does include meals. Okay. It does include meals and drinks. Just not, not does not include alcoholic beverages or specialty drinks. Um if you have three guests, two adults and a child would be about fifty-two hundred, and four guests would be about six thousand. Um, so that was a little sticker shock for a lot of people. Uh, however, yeah. I'm of the opinion that I've been on a lot of Disney cruises, and now those prices are extremely comparable to a Disney cruise. Albeit, cruises often go another night, like if they have a three-night cruise, yeah, or a four-night cruise. But I can tell you that 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 four to six thousand dollar range is what you're going to spend on a disney cruise so the question now just becomes for those people that are serious star wars fans is this something that you feel is worth it or not worth it i know for me personally we've already actually booked a cruise on the disney wish next summer so we've opted i you know as much as i'm i'm excited about this and i really want to be a part of this i i do yeah. realize i'm not you know i don't have unlimited funds so uh, I'm going to I made the choice rather to stick to our our regular cruise and then maybe look a year later, summer of 2023 to see. And that, another thing about that is that I'm not kind of I don't have to be bleeding edge. I don't have to be on the first of anything. I like them to get mm -hmm. their like I like them to get the bugs out of the way. Yeah. And, you know, work out the kinks. Uh, so hopefully by that time, um, there'll be a little bit more, you know, kind of. They'll, they'll find their girl. Yeah, so yeah. I'm excited so, about that. Yeah, it sounds pretty cool. Now, my question would be is like, is with the itinerary doing it, is it something that like they have the th like the three days are set and once like you book, let's say you started on Monday and it ends on Wednesday morning. Does that mean during that three times that hotel is booked for those three days and you cannot get on? Or is it something that's like, constantly moving back and forth so 
Uh, because it's constantly moving, so there's constantly going to be people in and out, coming off and on. I'm going to guess that since they're they're really utilizing a cruise format, um, uh, uh, the way a, a cruise works, and all cruise lines pretty much do this, is that everybody yeah. gets on the boat at the same, not the same time, but you know the same day. Yeah. And then they go on the cruise because yeah. you imagine the cruise leaves, so you can't get on the cruise later. Mm-hmm. So the cruise leaves, maybe it's a two-day, three-day, five-day, 10-day, 14-day, whatever the cruise is. And then it comes back. And, you know, that that day is usually a, you know, crazy day where they have to clean all the rooms. Everybody gets off by early morning so that the new people can get on by the end of the day and repeat the process. Disney mm-hmm. has done it with essentially for the longest time, like, the you know, the Disney cruise, like the Wonder, for example, for the longest time was just doing a four-night cruise and a three-night cruise. Four night, three night, four night, three night. Everybody either got on board for the four night and then disembarked for the th- at the end of it. And then the next group of people got on for the three night and disembarked at the end and then repeat the process. Um, right. I'm guessing I have no true. I, I'm not, a, I haven't like gone through the material with a fine tooth comb, but I am pretty sure that that's how they're going to do it. They're going to just run it, you know, maybe Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Maybe they'll take one day off or maybe it'll just be monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday saturday sunday monday tuesday wednesday you know just yeah. keep going two 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 and just keep doing it there's no real reason not to it's just you just set it up on the calendar and when the time comes to book it you book it there are only yeah. 100 to 150 rooms i think only 150 my, my wife seems to think it's 100 it might be only be 100 hmm. as as and, and people are like, oh, my God, this is absolutely crazy. And, of course, Twitter's blowing up and everyone's saying, oh, my God, this is highway robbery. There's no way I'm going to pay this. Okay, great. But you know what? For, that's the that's the starting. A hundred families are going to pay for this every time. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. At least at first. You know, so yeah. we'll see. We'll, we'll see how the whole package happens and what people think of it and how word of mouth is and if it, it becomes really popular. You know, we'll see. I'm also really excited because, you know, Galaxy's Edge has been open a few years. Obviously, COVID kind of put a pause on what they some of the stuff they wanted to do. But it has been very limiting with how many characters are there. There are no droids walking around yet. Uh, I think there's some things that they want to do. They just haven't had a chance to, you know, mm-hmm. enhance it. So I think that the cruise, the Star Cruiser, could provide kind of a starting point for a lot of these extras you know, obviously you, yeah. you pay up extras, but then sometimes after those things have been around a while, they might get absorbed into the regular Galaxy's Edge for everybody to appreciate. So that's what I'm hoping. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, that sounds really cool, really fun. Um, it's so, like you said, pretty kind of pricey, and not something that we'll probably uh, our family will be doing probably anytime soon, just because of funds. A lot. But... Of, it's going to be a, a lot of people are going to be saving it up. And that's yeah. You know, uh, yeah. We have to too, you know. So we'll see. Definitely. Definitely. Well, uh, as you know, last week we left off um, looking through our. We're being doing our series on the looking last Jedi. through all the movies. Yes, we're at the Last Jedi, and we had a really, really long, good conversation about that. And in fact, it was so long that we had to make this a part two. Uh, so, um, do you remember what our scores were? Or because oh. I do <laughs> not, I I wrote that information down, but I do not have it on me, unfortunately. Um, I, I I know that 
I can remember mine were. So what did we, we what did we get through? We started with um, acting. Acting. I gave it a directing. full score. I gave it a hundred. Uh, you know, the thirty. Thirty. And was it directing? Was next. Directing. Yeah. I think I gave it an eighteen. Or I was that a twenty or thirty. Uh, thirty. I, uh, twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. Uh, I, I think I gave. I think I gave pretty close. Yours, but um, I think you so, gave it a twenty-seven for directing. Yeah, and yeah. I can't remember if you gave it a, a thirty or a twenty-nine for um, the acting. Acting. I think I gave it a thirty. Yeah. So I think that's kind well, of where we are. All right. Well, now we're to the dialogue of the movie. Um, I, I really had no problem with dialogue in this movie. Mm -mm. Uh, um, a bit about some of the humor in it. Uh, my favorite humorous scene, I thought this was very much in the vein of Star Wars, was Luke training Leia Ray and using the feather to tickle her. like, do you feel that? Oh, yeah. Do you feel that? That's the. <laughs> I, <laughs> the I absolutely. Slap on the hand. That scene is hysterical from the moment that, you know, she reaches out and he like kind of rolls his eyes. I just said, Oh God, that's great. And, and I think I speak kind of, um, as a teacher, as a teacher by profession, uh, there mm -hmm. have been, you know, you deal with that on, on so many occasions you deal with people and with kids, you know, trying to figure things out. And, you know, every so often they just kind of, like I said, I love the statement. Amazing. Every word in that sentence was wrong. <laughs> wrong. <laughs> You know, and it just, you know, well, I, but, but I do, you know, uh, Luke Skywalker did it in a kind of a, you know, much to learn you still have kind of way. I, I do it more in a, yeah. in a kind of tongue in cheek humorous I, and, way. But. And going, I mean, going back a little bit to, to last week, I think you got a good sense of where Luke's was and what Luke, what type of Luke we are going to be getting from the very first scene when oh, he takes, well, yeah, throws it behind him like, <laughs> Takes the lightsaber and just <laughs> over, throws it over. Uh, and I went, yeah. okay. I remember when I first saw that in the film, in the theater, I went, I was like, everybody was waiting. I mean, it was so fun because even John Williams put a cool little, like, you know, increase of the volume, kind of, you know, diabolical chord, what's going to happen. And then he just turned it off. There was silence. And then over the shoulder. And I'm like, okay, yep. so that's where we're going with this movie. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yep. uh, but yeah, I had no, there was nothing that really stuck out to me. I mean, I felt like, you know, we talked a little bit, a little about Huck slash last week. Um, maybe his character was kind of moving in a different direction, uh, kind of a little bit yeah. more cartoony. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I, I felt that, you know, he was in that sense, he was a foil for Poe at the beginning of the movie for Kylo. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and even for Snoke, you know, it was, he was just a whipping boy in this whole, in that whole movie. You think about it, he got like knocked down on the ground, thrown to the side of the ship, <laughs> you know, uh, it was, I thought it took yeah. incredible restraint when, when, when he walks in on, you know, snow cut in half and he sees Kylo unconscious and he gets ready to pull out the blaster, but <laughs> like, <laughs> that was good. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, All right, fine. Yeah. Next time, and and it's funny because, um, you know, I really like Hux's arc in the in the in the trilogy. Mm -hmm. 
and and I like it, but I also like it. And again, I know I go back. I, you know, I I'm not just the Disney Star Wars guy. I love all star parts of of, of of the Star Wars franchise, but it's just that I I'm a big Disney fan. So I I you know when you have Star Wars and Disney together, I go I go nuts. And so yeah. this um the Rise of the Resistance ride has an animatronic Hux and a, and videos of Hux and everything. And and there's a lot that's going on in that. So I don't want to give too much of it away, but there's a lot that goes on within the story of Rise of the Resistance. That's a follow up to Last Jedi and a precursor to Rise of Skywalker, which I think kind of works mm. well. And knowing what happens to his character mm. um, in both, I think is really good. But yeah, as far as his dialogue, I just felt it was yeah. it was a little bit of that over the top evil dialogue. But I think that's appropriate for Star Wars. So you know, I'm yeah. I'm okay with it. Yeah, definitely. Um, I love the, and I think I said this last week, I love the dialogue between Ray and, especially mm-hmm. on when Ray is training, um, on, on, uh, I almost said Batu, not Batu, on, uh, Octu. on Octu. Octu. It was close. Yeah. Octu. Um, that was some of my favorite dialogue moments between between that between uh well in that whole movie was those two talking and yeah obviously later on you find out why they have such a strong connection in the force and we'll get we'll get into that next week right but that was just really good there was really good chemistry behind between those two especially at that time um and you saw a yeah. little bit of it during force awakens but i think this movie really showed just how strong that uh, that chemistry was between mm-hmm. um daisy ridley and uh kylo yeah and yeah. again uh it was great to see you know carrie fisher have a little more to do in this movie even though she was in a coma for part of it mm-hmm. but uh, i thought you know the the, the lessons she was trying to teach to poe I thought was really good. I thought that um, again, I, I, you know, I appreciated the reason why Holdo was there and what she was doing and the banter that she was doing back and forth with Poe. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the yeah, the dialogue to me, you know, moved the story. I loved Rose. I loved what she was doing with Finn on Canto Bite and DJ uh, having that cool, different kind of character. It, it, you know, it was a lot of new and a lot of familiar tropes, kind of mixed up. So uh, yeah, I'm, I give it out of the top score for me. Uh, a twenty. All right, yes, a twenty. And I will give it. I'll give it a twenty-two. So now we come to the story aspect, story that they were trying to tell, and you know, this being the middle point, leaping off of of um force awakens and then going into uh rise of skywalker um was this a good continuation of the story that was told in force awakens i think it was a good continuation um was it without its flaws uh no i think that there were moments but uh i definitely feel that this took the story and moved it forward. And mm-hmm. look, 
I mean, there's been so much divisiveness about this film, and 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 I have to be honest, I, I'm not. I, I I mean, I understand the divisiveness about Luke Skywalker. I disagree with it, and as I said in last week's episode, I, I liked the story arc for Luke. I liked where mm-hmm. Luke was. So let's talk about Luke first. Well, first of all, remember okay. I said this last year that Ryan Johnson had said. And again, I know a lot of people are like, ah, he's an apologist or whatever. I don't think so. I just think he's saying, you know, people are asking him questions and he's answering them. And he's saying, he's saying essentially, look, I wanted to put every character in the worst situation possible. I, I, you mm-hmm. know, and if you think about Empire Strikes Back, not that we're trying to compare it to Empire Strikes Back, but if you think no, about no. that movie, which which is often cited as the best Star Wars movie, they were put in pretty crappy situations, all of them. Well, even every, every George character. Lucas himself said that. That's what. Right. He, that's how he set up the original trilogy. Was the first the first story you're introduced to the characters. The second story they're put in the world they can be in. The third act, everything. Yeah. So so this is no different. Okay. In that yeah. in that you know general story design. Let's leave it at that. But as far as each character, I mean, I felt that there was a definitive path for them to mm-hmm. be on to figure out. I don't think anybody was absent of that. The only one that I really felt was questionable was Leia going into a coma and then introducing another character because you already mm-hmm. and, and I think maybe it's just because you've introduced so many characters. We introduced well, we reintroduced a new Luke Skywalker. We introduced um Rose, we introduce DJ. We think we're introducing the code breaker, but that ends up not happening, so it becomes DJ. But that's three characters right there, or two new and one returning after a long hiatus. And you know, why do we need Haldo as well? Now it's three and, and three new ones. Yeah. So so there there was the only thing that I said, and I said this last week. Um, and I always felt that you know my one of my favorite ancillary characters, Admiral Akbar, he could have done that he could have some they could have made that happen but i also understand yeah. puppeteering being what it is that may not have worked with that style of puppet unless they went decided to go cgi which that just would have divided up in a whole other set of fans so I, and i love laura dern so i had no issue with um having her be in be that catalyst for that moving the story forward particularly Poe's story um i you know i'm I, and again i'm i'm being selfish here i, I wish they didn't put Carrie Fisher's character in a coma for you know a third of the movie just because we knew if we'd known what we knew it would have been nice mm-hmm. to see her you know be more in the film but yeah. you know as they said it was going to be it was going to be Luke Skywalker's film just like the first one was Han Solo's film and um and that's it so but as I said I love the character of Luke I love what they did with Luke I loved that there was a story to tell that he wasn't some perfect, mm-hmm. you know, god, godlike creature coming down to make everything all right, and that, and they even gave us some of that when you think about it towards the end when he returns to the crate. So I, I just feel like he had yeah. a story. He had he needed Yoda to knock sense back into him. Ray had a moving along story. Kylo had a moving along story, and we mm-hmm. and, and and Finn did. Questioning how to be a joint, how to join this group. Does he want to join this group? Does he want to just escape? I mean, yeah. you know, the only one who didn't have a full lot story was C three PO. You know, she yeah. he was uh 
he was he was in a he was in the middle of a rock and a hard place. He was like, "What do I do? You know, these guys, I, I, you know, these are my friends, but you know, I don't want to go against Leia. I don't want to go against my. It's not protocol." <laughs> so, anyway, what about you? Uh, I I mean, I pretty much agree with everything you you said. I thought it was I thought the story was was very was very well written. Um, my my thing is, I'm wondering, and this is something that's. I think it's foreshadowing what we'll talk about. I wonder how many of the decisions, not just the decisions that were made in Last Jedi and the backlash that came from it affected the decisions that were made Rise of Skywalker. You know, how much of that, how much of that was pulled back or was it something that was the plan all along? You know, the fact that so I wonder if, how if if we would have had all three movies directed by JJ instead of having that middle one directed by middle one directed by Ryan Jones and um the last two book in by JJ Abrams, you know, how different the movie would we have gotten, gotten if well, you know, you know it's funny. I, I wonder that too, um, but I also wonder what Return of the Jedi would have been like had it been directed by Steven Spielberg, which was yeah George Lucas's first choice. So in me, in my case, I kind of see it all as I mean, it's fun to speculate. Mm-hmm. Right? I definitely find it fun to speculate, and there is a lot of discussion of that. And I will say that you know I hope that they had at least a thumbnail sketch. I mean, it didn't even have mm-hmm. to be much. It could be like a one page. One page for seven, one page for eight, one page for nine. I don't yeah. necessarily think that was the case, but I'll. But I will say that um, it didn't bother me because, I mean, there has not been a single Star Wars film to be produced, including the first one, that hadn't been riddled with drama and issues and problems, and you know. I think there's a lot of romanticism that's brought on about George Lucas, whom I adore. He's the maker. I get it. He built this world and I will be forever in his debt and grateful to him. Okay. Actually, I'm I'm forever in debt because I put all my money towards collectibles. (laughs) Thanks to him. (laughs) So I, I have no issue with George Lucas. And I really don't have a, you have a much, you have a much kinder wife than I have. (laughs) Yeah. She doesn't like to come down in the basement. I will say that she might be watching. Hi, hon. If you're watching, uh, she doesn't like to come down because she just she just like she gets overwhelmed. She, you know, she goes to, she comes in to go do the laundry and she's like blinders on. I don't want to say it. It's all right. But anyway, uh, it, it's just that every movie had its drama. Every movie had its challenges. Some of which they were successful at 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 rising to those challenges, and some of them they didn't, and they had to make adjustments. And sometimes they did things that didn't work. Or it didn't work as well. I don't think anything like fell flat completely. It just didn't work as well. But let's – we have to remember this. If you're going to get – not you, anybody – is going to get really, really you know, hung up. It's one thing to talk about. I wonder if they had an, a, a connected storyline. But if they're going to get hung up on that, let's not forget that Leia and Luke were making out in Empire Strikes Back. Okay? And then, oh, look, she's, she's insistent. Okay, John Williams wrote Luke and Leia, the theme, thinking it was going to be a beautiful romantic piece between the two. And it ended up being a sibling love 
which is fine. But, you know, that's not where they were going with it in Empire Strikes Back, and that's not where they were going with yeah. it in A New Hope. So I'm just saying that, that you know, they, they have a right as creative people to make adjustments mm-hmm. and to call audibles and to say, let's do it differently. I don't think Palpatine yeah. was a, was a, we'll talk about this next week, but I don't think Palpatine himself was a, an additive until after rise or last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe there was a thought about somebody coming back, but they weren't sure who yet. That's my own guess. Yeah. I have no basis on that. So, um, but yeah, I think it's it's interesting to think if JJ had directed the whole thing, all three, yeah, um, would the story have gone in a different direction? I know one thing that happened. I, we might have sent, said this that Ryan Johnson asked JJ for one change in what he made in Force Awakens. He asked him to mm. let R two go with Ray and Chewie to Octo at the end. Originally, JJ mm. had BB eight going. And when you think about mm-hmm. it, BB-8 was in the whole story the whole time, and BB-8 was with Ray all through Jakku, and you know you think it's basically yeah. B- it's kind of like become, you know, Ray's surrogate droid, and you know that she shares yeah. with Poe, and then, you know, for her not to take BB-8 with her, but I mean it's also Poe's droid, and Poe stayed behind, so it made sense for the for the droid to stay behind. But yeah, yeah. that was a change. JJ wanted BB-8 to go to Octo, and. Ryan said, can you just do me one favor? Can you let it be R2? And JJ said, absolutely. Made the change. Shot the pickups. And there's R2. And or either either maybe they, maybe they already maybe they didn't have to shoot pickups. Maybe that was just a storyline script item that Ryan asked them to change. But yeah. um, I think it was a good change. That scene with R2 and Luke in the Falcon was just adorable. And oh. you, know, you know, like when, when uh, Luke sees him for the first time and he's trying to explain himself and he's like hey sacred island watch the language and then uh and then he tries to say there's nothing I, i'm not going back nothing you can say can make me change my mind and then r2 puts on the the old um leia help me obi oh, <laughs> it's like that oh. was a cheap move <laughs> yeah <laughs> which i just thought you know it, it just shows r2 as being almost human you know, like a human character mm-hmm. so yeah i think that these movies worked very well together they complement each other really well they can be different. They have a different eye. They have a different look. I mean, we didn't have as many lens flares in The Last Jedi because JJ wasn't there. Yeah, so JJ wasn't there. To, yeah. to do the, the his uh his his token lens flare. So, but I but you know I I've, yeah go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, uh, what what score would you give give it then? Uh, out uh, of twenty, I'd go nineteen. Yeah. 19, Nineteen, only because as I've mentioned, the uh, that whole the Holdo thing I felt was a little bit. It it, it just mucked it up a tiny bit. Yeah, that I felt it could have been handled with with either Leia out of the coma. It could have been handled with another character like Akbar going in, you know, sacrificing himself, that kind of thing. But that's just me mm-hmm. and, and my opinion based on it. And that's after like ten viewings. You know, it didn't it didn't bother yeah. me the first eight or nine. And it didn't. It barely bothered me on the tenth. It's just if I'm going to score it. Okay, I scored it uh, about the same. I scored it an eighteen. Okay. Uh, kind of the same, 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 same reason. You know, there's a few story beats I might have. Um, Such as what, cha- what story beats might have you? Um, I 
I think that the I would have changed the I don't know. I mean I mean to throw you under the bus there. <laughs> it's, like, oh, it's, it's okay. It's okay. Um I think my biggest character was like why she was there, you know, but the I think the for me at least um falling it just seemed to come out of nowhere for me. Like I didn't really see and it was like I understood why, but I kind of missed that whole bromance that he had going with with Poe. That kind of that kind of thing right there is just kind of like, ah, can we just keep that? Uh, you know, um, yeah, I could, I could, I can see your point with that. I could see your point and, with that, and not letting and not, you know, I think there was a better way that you could have, in, like, had. Finn be saved without him running towards wanting to do the ultimate sacrifice, and then out of nowhere, you know, uh, Rose just, comes in. I, you know, I, that that to me it was just kind of like. I think that you know what's really funny is that I, I think the kiss, and it's really funny you bring up the kiss, and I do want to ma- mention um, uh, this kiss in a way was. The Rose and Finn kiss at the end of Last Jedi was, in a way, a similar. I had a similar vibe to the Rise of Skywalker, you know, Raylo or whatever, Ray and Kylo, or Ray and Ben, yeah. uh, kiss. And I'll tell right. you what I what what I felt. It it you know you see two people kiss and you know you're automatically linked to okay it's a they 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 have the hots for each other it's a romantic kiss, yeah. but when you watch it again and again, and you watch it a few times, I, I started to feel differently about it. And I, and I started this way first about the Ray and, and Ben kiss. I felt like it was a little bit less about, you know, a romantic thing and more of a connection thing. And, yeah. uh, you know, where, where these two people had such, they were just so close to each other that they, they needed a form of an affection that, you know, was, not necessarily, you know, full out sex, but was mm-hmm. just something to just show a very, very strong, intimate connection. And I just think that a, you know, lip to lip kiss is kind of what that is. And I don't yeah. necessarily see it as being, I know it's kind of weird. I don't necessarily see it as full out romantic. I see it more as just like a full out strong connection. And I felt that mm-hmm. same way about Rose and Finn. I did think what what I thought was a little out of place there, even more than the kiss, was when she passed out. I thought she died. I thought that was it. She was kissing him, sacrificed herself to save him, and then she died. And I'm like, oh, that's a shame. And then next thing you know, you see him dragging her in. I need a medic. And it's like, oh, I guess she didn't die. All right. She was kind of in the same position that Finn was in at the end of the first movie, which in a way was kind of cool. But I don't know. It didn't. I felt like that wasn't displayed easily mm. enough for me to get. I, I, I didn't know she dead or yeah. she unconscious. But no, I can definitely see your point about that. So um, now what was your opinion? The the whole 
light speed uh the whole holdo maneuver oh, the holdo maneuver yeah. i i didn't really have an issue with it i thought that it was um something that we had never really seen so you know it's like when you're when you're when you're building well, the, big question, the big question became yeah i know the whole why the didn't whole they question this all the time why didn't they just have a bunch okay. of automatically droid driven ships that could just go right through hyperspace and destroy and destroy an entire fleet I, I, that is an excellent question, and I don't have an answer. I'm not a science person, yeah. but I, I will yeah. say that um, it, it 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 happened because the story needed it to happen. Exactly. Um, yeah. You know that that's kind of how I I felt. It was a sacrificial move, and maybe it's something that, uh, that you know maybe because people don't normally take what would a, amount to you know trillions of dollars of ship, and just you know, throw it into hyperspace. That's, that's an excessive yeah. amount of, uh, yeah, that's an excessive especially amount of expense. Especially when you're looking at a organization like the, like the resistance or the rebellion before it, which was working with very much, you know, secondhand ships. They were trying to come yeah, together. Need to everything. Every ship. Mattered. Yeah. They, they weren't going to just throw it, you know, just, throw thousands of TIE fighters at you and, you know, hope you could, uh, um, get it. Uh, as of right now, score, scores were 90, 90. You scored it a 97. I scored it a 95 for a 192. I, thing, uh, I think they're all pretty much close. I think with yeah, the exception, um, episode two, episode two, which was I think one of our lowest scored. I have to, I'd have to look that up again. But they're all in the one nineties. Most of them are in the one nineties. Um, okay. I don't know if anyone. I think, I think Rogue One might have might have broken two hundred, but I'm not sure. If it was, it was very close. Okay. I think it was like one ninety seven. But they've all been very very. Um, up in the one nineties, with the exception, I think, of episode one and episode two, they've all been pretty high up. Uh, yeah, so I'm, yeah, that's. I mean, I also like to just throw in my uh, comments about the music. Um, I felt like John Williams did a lot of really great. Uh, I I was happy about this. He did a lot of great derivative work, meaning he mm-hmm. he, he brought back some old themes. Um, that I was, you know, obviously when Yoda returned, he brought back Yoda's theme. When Le- Luke and Leia first reunited, he had Luke and Leia's theme. These are themes that we haven't heard in 30, 40 years. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it was great. Oh, even, and, and even uh, when the Falcon was flying through crate in underneath, you heard the trench run, which I thought was a, mm. I, I thought that was fantastic. I was like, well played, Maestro John Williams. Yes. You know, we were all, yeah. it, was, it just went, you know, gets you like actually that's not the trench that's the trench run from jedi it's when he when they're escaping the tie fighters and star wars yeah he's bringing that back once in a while and it's just great it's like to me it's like being on a ride you know and there was a moment where you were kind of on a ride so um i you know i appreciated that i i appreciated um the rose's theme um which was kind of like the new theme uh, mm-hmm. Not as not as popular as some of the other things he's done, you know. But again, you know, he developed race theme, Kylo's theme, March of the Resistance. Uh, 
you know, he did a lot of great stuff for it for the sequel trilogy. So, you know, helped move the story yeah. along as always. So. Oh, definitely, definitely. So, just kind of since we're um, that was kind of wraps up this movie. Uh, we still have a little bit of time okay. before we have to go. So, I just wanted to kind of get your thoughts on other stuff that's been going on. Have you been watching the Bad Batch? I have. I've been watching Bad Batch All right. faithfully. What? Okay, me too, me too. Uh, just kind of get, get your initial thoughts on it, because I know some people are really high. Much. Um, oh. As far as comparing oh, I, it to I, Clone Wars and Rebels. Um. Well, I will say this. I mean, the the uh, the Dave Filoni uh, animated, um, you know, series of film of uh, TV shows. I've always enjoyed uh, everything that he's done. Clone Wars. I've enjoyed Rebels. Um, I've enjoyed and I've enjoyed Bad Batch. I mean, I think Rise of Resistance was really kind of. I'm sorry, not Rise of the Resistance. Um, the Resistance. Uh, Star Wars um, Resistance was uh, Star yeah. Wars Resistance and Galaxy of Heroes. Those were kind of farmed out, uh, and they were definitely not meant for me uh and for my right. age group so I, I i did watch them still and i enjoyed them for what they were but mm -hmm. um and as far as like all the other stuff i don't watch it obviously i don't watch it as faithfully as the movies it doesn't have the rewatchability that i see in the movies but that doesn't mm -hmm. make it not good i i really have been enjoying the bad batch is exploring to me a, a, a an area that i really really wanted to explore mm. what happened what really happened with order 66 from the clones point of view now from yeah. when you watch star wars episode one episode two episode three and that's it you don't watch anything else you know you you can tell when you see the clone troopers appear in two that okay these are the clone troopers now somehow they're going to become like the stormtroopers because they look a lot like the stormtroopers yeah. so at some point this is going to go bad so you kind of yeah. know that's coming and then it yeah. happens, and then you're like, okay. Well, but then all... when you go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Well, when you watch Clone Wars, you you the the clones become humanized. The clones become mm -hmm. actual people. You start to, and, and it's amazing. And I'm sorry, but D. Bradley Baker deserves an Emmy, an Emmy, because of what he's able to accomplish, having voicing so many different clones, but be the same voice. Mm -hmm. uh, he does an amazing job. But you 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 attach yourself to these characters, especially characters like Rex and um, some of the other ones, and you know even Cody, you know who later completely flipped and tried to kill Obi Wan. Really? You know? Yeah. So you so these are Which... you get you get attached to them, and then it's like it makes watching Episode Three, Order Sixty Six, oh. so much more gut wrenching. Yeah. And yeah. Then, you, yeah. Yeah. And then you see, you realize that these weren't just like you know you know, basically flesh droids that were just following commands of their, of their, um, clone of their Jedi, Jedi general. You know, these were people that you found out like were, you know, live with them, you know, fought beside them were their friends. Yep. They weren't just, you know, and, and for those who, that did not know this, and I'm sure a lot of people do, but the season seven of the clone wars, the more recent one that they just kind of finished up some episodes, there was a there was an arc, or was it was it seven, or was it no? It might have been season six. I'm sorry, no, it was season six. It was like like a year or two ago, um, or a few years ago, and it was uh, it was all about how a clone 
well before Order 66, yes. malfunctioned and mm-hmm. killed the Jedi early, prematurely. And then another clone, Fives, I think, was kind of going, getting to the bottom of what happened. It became this kind of mystery. And, and it was so interesting to yeah. watch because you knew, you, the you audience, know what that is. And yeah. and they're trying to figure it out, and even they bring even they bring Obi Wan and Anakin on it, but they're not. They just think he's kind of they're, you know they're not vested in it. It but but Rex Rex is vested in it because it's his mm-hmm. brother, and he's and he's seeing it, and and you know all of this kind of comes into play, and then and then season seven is what happens when Order sixty six actually happens, and what happens to Rex. I don't want to spoil yeah. it for people who haven't seen it, but if you haven't seen it, watch it. Watch the episodes, well, the last couple of episodes of season oh, seven. Oh, so good. So see, yeah, season seven was so I mean, was amazing, so good. and not only that, but amazing animation, amazing lighting, yeah. amazing music by Kevin Kiner. It's just a great, great Star Wars yeah. storytelling. Uh, that, yeah, go ahead. I love it. I I love it. Like they're setting everything up for the Empire, like how everything. Like all the questions that we had of like, well, how is the Empire able to control everybody? You know, nowhere. Right. Then they explained that. Like, oh, what happened and, to the clone so, trooper? Yes. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it's, it's like, like these, we're getting these answers. And it and doesn't like, even have why, to be. Yeah. Yeah. They're, you know, like they're explaining, you know, why did they go from if clone troopers were such these elite troopers that were so highly trained? It's like, well, it was expensive. <laughs> and and it's funny, like to even see, to see it from the come uh, I can never say it. Kevin Owens, Kevin Owens, yeah, Kevin Owens. <laughs> but to see it from their vantage point, I mean, these they're just a business, but you know, they're mm-hmm. trying to get, they're trying to smuggle their clones off the off the planet, and it's it's pretty intense. And uh, I'm well, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying the new character of Omega. Uh, I think that's yeah. a really great spin on it. I um, I love. Because I have uh, relatives through marriage that live in Zealand. So, oh wow! A Kiwi accent. Uh, married a Kiwi, so okay. A New Zealand accent in there, which is just I'm just like because everyone's like she sounds so weird. I'm like she sounds like she's from New Zealand. She's yep. she's a Kiwi, which is how which is um, where all the clone with Tamara Morrison is from and Daniel Logan yes. is from. And hello, talk about continuity. Yeah. All right, they're yeah. they're really trying, uh, man. It's it's great. I'm really excited about was the was the hearing the news, or at least the rumor that Tamara is going to be on the Obi One series. You know, I uh, I'm I'm I don't really subscribe to rumors. Not that I don't listen yeah. to them and say, oh, that. I mean, for me, it's more like, oh, that'd be interesting. But I never get my hopes up because I just yeah. I I you know I don't want to get. Um, you know, waiting for something to happen and then it never happens. Mm-hmm. You know, like I didn't follow a lot about whether Boba Fett was going to appear in the Mandalorian season two. And then all of a yeah. sudden I'm seeing all sorts of like things leading up to it. I'm like, Oh, I guess yeah. he is. That's cool. Oh my God. That's great. So well, it, the, what's, what's cool it, for me, at least if this is true, obviously if this is true is he's going to be like, we might, we might see him as Boba Fett, but the other rumor is we're going to see him as Commander Cody. Oh, I would love that. Oh, I can't see. I just, said, I just got through saying that I don't get my hopes up, but I will say I would love to see that because that was, you know, it's like there's so much story you want to tell 
and you want to and and in Star Wars is such a big world. It's such a big mm-hmm. galaxy universe that you want. And I think, and I'll tell you, I think that part of this comes. And again, I know you know sitting here among my collection. Okay, I think that that really stemmed from the toys in the seventies. There is a mm-hmm. great meme of um, an old advertisement from like Sears or JC Penney or Toys R Us. I'm not sure what, but it has two boys and they're playing with the ad at and with the, you know, different star Wars figures and toys. And it's just an advertisement mm-hmm. for Kenner store, star Wars toys, but somebody took it and they put it up as a meme and they put, you know, here we have Dave Filoni and John Favreau, you know, coming up with season three of the Mandalorian or whatever, <laughs> you know, like it's because they were probably writing this story in their heads when they were children because when the movies when the when the toys were out in the 70s and 80s they like me were all kid and you were all kids during that time and you mm-hmm. know you go to see the movie and the movie comes out and it's you know you got, of course you got luke and han and leia and, and chewie and the droids but then you get these figures and you got walrus man hammerhead and imperial officers and bespin guards and all these different characters that never did anything in the movie they went boop, the camera panned past them for one second and and they've gotten figures even back in the 70s and 80s and what did we do with them as kids well we played with them and we told our own little adventures with them and you know then you go to see the movies as adults the new movies come out and you want to know more about who's those characters you know if the camera pans past this character at the bar or a character walking Mm -hmm. up the stairs or 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 a jedi in the in the temple i want to know their story you know, and, yeah. and then Kenner further and Hasbro further did this by, you know, in the more re-release, you know, the, the more like the 90s toys and figures. Oh, my God. Every single character, every patron in the Outlander bar from episode two had a figure, you know, so you, you've just created this world. And now, thanks to Disney Plus and these smaller, quote unquote, smaller um, kind of formats of media like these Disney plus streaming shows, you really are getting an amazing, uh, you know, way to tell, tell new stories. So yeah, I hope, I hope tomorrow comes in. I'd be great if he plays Boba Fett, but it'd be even cooler if he played Cody. So yeah. Or any of the clones or any, like clone. any yeah. Right. Right. I mean, I was loving that yeah. this last episode for bad batch, you know, we had, we had, we had Gregor and I thought that was cool. You know, Gregor, we didn't even know what happened to Gregor. We knew what happened yeah. to Rex, but we didn't know what happened to Gregor. So yeah, you know, it's, it, nice. it's, it's continuity because we see him later in Rebels. We see Rex and Gregor later on in Rebels. Do you remember who the third one was? There were three. Was, yeah, yeah, I don't remember. I can't but, remember. So that was that was like a nice, cor- you know, um, and and like even even the callbacks to like you said that episode where the where the clone uh, uh, prematurely. Uh, yeah. Killed, killed, their, killed their Jedi, Jedi general. Yeah, and what was that? What was the thing he kept saying? Good soldiers Good follow soldiers. orders, right? And, and what, what is what is Crosshair saying? Crosshair Good saying the same follow thing. Orders. Good soldiers follow orders, right? No, I, I'm really excited for where it goes. I don't think they have a greenlit a second season yet, so I think I they're think just going to tell. Well, I, it's not that much that they that for well we know they may only have this story to tell. And, and, you know, maybe yeah. they could tell another story or maybe they want to go in another direction or go to a different area or whatever. Yeah. But um, I'm OK with it. 
you know, I'm I'm fine. Yeah. I mean, if they if they want to keep just releasing like one off seasons of stuff, I don't have a problem with that. If Mandalorian originally ended up being one season, that wouldn't bother me. If it, as long yeah. as it's a good story, you know, that has a, a you know a, con- a conscious beginning, middle, and end. But um, and now Obi Wan, if Obi Wan ends up only being one season, pff, good. With, I'm fine with that. Uh, you know, yeah. I mean, same thing with Cassian or with Andor. Andor. You know. Uh, Book of Fett is also the other one. Yeah, I think Book of Fett's only going to be a one, one off. Um, off. I'm not that they don't have to do it. I mean, I think that I think they had an idea of you know tying Boba Fett, Mandalorian, Ahsoka all into one kind of thing, like kind of do their own mini mini MCU. The only the only one that I uh, on kind of hiatus is uh, Rangers, Rangers of the New Republic. Oh well, we all know. Um, because of obvious <laughs> reasons, um, yeah. But I don't see there's any reason to do rewrite to rewrite the story to something. There. I just so think, I think that would be really. I know they could do that, but the problem is that I think I I, I believe no no basis on this and other than my own opinion, but I hmm. believe that uh, that was going to be Gina's show. That was going to be Cara Dune led yeah. production as a character yeah. and and now that they you know maybe they were discussing maybe the reason they didn't make a decision right away to table it was because they were deciding do they want to recast her they want to see where things go with this but um in any case uh if you're not going to have that character of cara dune and honestly if you're not going to have gina playing that character um i just think it's better to cut your losses and come up with mm. something else and yeah. and i think they will I don't. I. I really. If they keep. If Dave and John Fav. Dave Filoni and John Favreau are in charge, I have great faith in what they can do with this form of television. My big question is: Are they going to ever make the jump to movies, or in case of John Favreau, movies again? So let's not forget he also mm. launched. The, he launched the MCU. So I'm. It's yeah. part of me is wondering if there's somebody in the background saying, "Hey." This Favreau guy, you know, he's kind of responsible for Iron Man, which means he's basically responsible for the MCU. Maybe we should, talk. yeah, you know. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, yeah, yeah, that's and that's something. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Um, with all of these movies coming out, if are they going to lead into something else? You know, kind of like they seem to be doing with the with the MCU right now on Disney Plus with these streaming with these streaming shows. They all seem to be leading towards something um i wonder if especially the shows that are set in a specific timeline like the mandalorian like it looks like book of fett and um ahsoka they all seem to be geared towards the same time period so i'm wondering if they're all gearing towards a specific movie coming out you know Right. Or is that going to be what Rogue Squadron is going to be? Is that leading towards Rogue Squadron? I kind of, I mean, in all honesty, I kind of hope that they don't do that. Um, I, I hope, I, I kind of would love it more to be this world, uh, you know, a world of many worlds kind of thing where, because mm-hmm. here's, here's my thought. I love MCU. I love the MCU. I love what they did with that. I think it's like one and once, you know, what we've witnessed with these 20 films up through Endgame, maybe Spider-Man: Far From Home, um, I think is a is a once in a lifetime thing. 
and I don't think we're mm-hmm. going to repeat it. I don't think it's, I don't think it's going to be repeated. Um, I think that what I love about Star Wars is that they don't have to do that. You know, they don't, they don't have to put it. They didn't have to do anything of that nature. They could, they could try, but it's a lot of moving parts to make that happen. And, yeah. you know, you have to have a lot of forward thinking. You got to be willing to think 10 years ahead. And that's something that I don't care where you are. If you're a studio executive, that is hard to think. 10 years ahead is just really, really hard. And I just don't know if they're going to do that. But I'm not working there. So let's see what they say. Uh, but I'm, oh, okay. I'm very much looking forward to all of the all of the other streaming and including what other animation stuff they do. Um, yeah. I will say this as a as a collector, just you know, I always have to put it in that side of it. I look at my collection now, and I can't tell you how much of it is a huge a, a huge chunk of it is based on Clone Wars, the the TV series, and <laughs> that kind of annoys me now. I mean, at the time, it was different. At the time, there was no more Star Wars, so Clone Wars was it. So. It was great going to the store, and the store was inundated with ships and vehicles, and and or sorry, ships and vehicles are the same thing. Uh, but you know, uh, action figures, and it was fantastic. It was a it was a kid in a candy store. It was just great to collect. But now I look back on you know now with you know here we are ten years later, fifteen years later almost, and you know three three four five six more movies, and uh, or five more movies. You know, and, and collecting has now become more subdued, which mm-hmm. a lot of collectors are mad at. I'm actually okay with because I'm running out of room. So, um, <laughs> you know, and 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 some of those Clone Wars figures that came out are now being released again as six inch versions. You know, mm. to in the packaging. So it, it's just, but I just can't believe how much they made. And and you talk about a character walking out on a Star Wars movie for two seconds. They made characters that walked onto a one episode of Clone Wars, one episode, and they never saw them again, and not even that fat, not even that much of the episode, and they got figures, and it's just crazy. But yeah. so I'm, I'm, but I, uh, I am very much looking forward to where where it goes, both with animation and with Disney Plus uh, live action and movies, and we'll see what happens. Definitely, definitely. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for this week's show. And next week, we are going to be ending it. Not the show. Don't worry. Not the show. Not the show. No. Uh, I'm here. Yeah. I, <laughs> I know. No, we are going to be uh, finally ending our look through all the movies um, with The Rise the and End of the Skywalker so th- Saga. Yes, or is it? No, it is. No. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> For now, <laughs> we'll we'll talk about we'll talk about that next week. Yes. Uh, so that's going to be fun. Um, and yeah, some after that, we're going to have some some big things planned, hopefully. And we hope you'll all join us. So, Will, why don't you? Uh, tell the people out there where they can find 
Okay, well, again, I'm when I'm not doing War of the Stars, I am running my own YouTube channel, Darth Tuba Star Wars Unboxing Show, which you can check out. Just search Darth Tuba and Star Wars on YouTube, and you'll find it. You can also find me on Instagram and Twitter at Darth Tuba, and you can you can uh, join the Darth Tuba Star Wars Unboxing page on Facebook. And uh, just released some, um, you know, follow up from my Disney trip. Lots of uh, lots of items have been purchased and we're unboxing. Got some that have that will be dropping this week and more next week. So we're real excited about those. And um, actually, we're planning, believe it or not, a trip back to Batu uh, in a few weeks for uh, my fiftieth birthday. So we'll see what we're oh. going to do for that. Yeah, so um, we're, you know, my daughter. It's really, it's really to see my daughter. I mean, I will say that. I gotta say, you know, she's she's the number one reason to go down. Uh, yeah. Again, because I've just been there, but uh, I do want to spend some time with her again right before we hit the uh, the fall and the school year starting again. So, uh, but yeah, you can check me out on all those sites. And thank you very much. What about you, John? Where can they find you? And well, us on nothing. As, <laughs> yeah always you can find us on twitter at the handle is at war the stars one we do a lot of fun stuff there polls uh conversations join us it's a lot of fun we do have a facebook group uh to search war there you can find us they're not as active as it used to be um most of our stuff is on twitter but we do have it it's still up it's always love to have you join that if you want to email us, easiest way is warthestars1 at gmail.com. Uh, you can hear us anywhere fine podcasts are heard, Spotify, Twitch. Uh, so Twitter, you can hear us on Twitter. Uh, you know, Apple Podcasts, give us and a uh, that will go a long way to help us too. If you want to support the show, best way you can do that, you can, first of all, you can uh, do that through Patreon. Or you can buy our merch. I am not wearing our merch right now. Merch. Uh, <laughs> um, so those are some cool ways you can support the show. Uh, as always, remember, this isn't just my Star Wars. This isn't just your Star Wars. This is our star. Until next time, remember, the Force will be with you always. Till the Spires. <laughs>